0: Do your actions align with your words? And that's something that I realized that for years and years and years, I broke promises to myself on a daily basis. I would say all the same shit that everybody else would say. You know, on Monday morning, right, this is a Monday, we'd wake up foggy from Sunday with all these bullshit commitments that we were going to make. I'm not going to drink this week. You know, I'm going to stop gambling. I'm not going to gamble until Saturday. You know, like all these things that we tell ourselves, I'm going to I'm going to get to the gym three days this week, you know, all these things that by wednesday are a distant distant memory and i just got tired of breaking that commitment that i would make to myself every monday or that you know the the, the pep talk i would have with myself and i just decided, like your life changes exponentially when you start to take personal responsibility
1: welcome to the building men podcast i'm your host dennis Meralda. listening to the building med podcast my name is dennis Meralda. i'm here with my younger brother anthony what's up anthony how you doing i change it up a little bit to start i'm trying to get that sweet spot of uh figuring out the best way to to go live with the podcast
2: so i changed it up a little bit today what do you think that's good well i wish that you would put on the camera me so oh yeah you could that's see right. me. I'm, i need to do that that's i know you like to job. see yourself but i'm also here rather there than just are. hey i'm also a pretty face you're pr- pretty, if face. not prettier. Yeah. You, uh, you look like a slob right now. I'm going well. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I look like. I think this is a look. Yeah. it's like a winter look. All right. You know, I got the hat on. Winter rustic look.
1: Yeah. All right. So look, before we get to winter look, let's. I wanted to talk about fall for a little bit. Okay. Just as before we bring our. I know guests what on. you're going to say. Do you? I do. I know exactly. What What do you what think I'm going to say? say right We're now? you are going to talk <laughs> about acorn squash. I've, I it was. I was going to get there. I was going to start just <laughs> by it's. I my favorite season is fall. Is it? I is it? do. I love the fall. I love when it's a little bit chilly in the morning. I love the change of the leaves. I love, you know, that whole thing. It's like it's it, so
2: sensitive. Up yeah, it, I it really is. Like this. Yeah,
1: and it. I like going, getting a cup of coffee, watching football. Even like going to you know Pop Warner football games. I remember growing up, like watching you play football. It was like such a cool thing mm-hmm. on like a Saturday morning. A cup of coffee, go watch a game. I mean, it would quickly turn into beer ever right like oh right. yeah that but. coffee yeah That so, <laughs>
2: transition was uh <laughs>
1: yeah and and i also just the you know it's a little bit chillier the, just the whole fall season i like and i the reason i brought it up this morning was actually i got a pumpkin flavored coffee oh and i wanted to know your thoughts around the, the whole pumpkin thing before we like really
2: coffee good. or just pumpkin
1: P- the pumpkin life in general it's like it 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 like takes over the world starting in september and it goes for a long time and i don't do like a whole bunch of sweet stuff but i just it's and it's not there's no cream or anything in the coffee just black coffee but pumpkin flavor but it's still that and it was nice i I
2: think every once in a while is like a treat it's good but when you do it every single time i disagree with that i so the window is from like I think it's like probably mid-September you can get away with it till Thanksgiving, and then after Thanksgiving I don't think you could really do much more pumpkin after that. Then it's like more cinnamon, or yeah, maybe cinnamon-y. like cinnamon, cin- <laughs> right? Candy cane flavored. Uh... And another fun fact is I started
1: um, into a candle lifestyle too. I, I got a candle at the grocery store and I started
2: lighting a, like a pumpkin flavored candle. So pumpkin flavored too? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. even know. I feel like I need to like punch you in the stomach right now or something. <laughs> right. You do. Me probably helpful. do. <laughs> well, listen, it's
1: about being authentic and and then the the other thing was about the like different layers of, or different kinds of squashes, squash. Um squash the only squash I. that I had ever heard of was butternut squash and you were talking about acorn squash. That's correct. And um, I'm going to use it as the first question as we bring in our guest. His name is Brian Penuso. He helps career focused men get the body they want, reignite their relationship and marriage while making more money at work. He's also the host of the Success Lift podcast. Welcome to Building Men. Nice to see you, my man. Thanks for being okay. here, Brian.
0: I can't believe I'm talking to two other guys from Jersey right, right. now. This can't be. You got you guys can't be from, from Jersey, can you?
1: <laughs> right. So you're a, you're
0: you're out on the left coast
1: right now. So let's before we get into the acorn squash thing, because I don't wanna I don't wanna drop that that don't squash. Gloss don't gloss over that though. I don't wanna we're gloss we're... over it. So you you are um you're a Jersey guy. You grew up you grew up in in the area. So tell us about that. What, like where'd you grow up and how'd you make the transition over? Right.
0: First of all, Anthony, you're looking very Venice uh, uh, right now, is what I would like to say. That's like you got your 62 degree cool morning venice look going yes, on with that's the it. flannel i
2: love that that's no one way ahead. to say it rather that's than one. looking like a fucking dirt bag or whatever you said <laughs> thank you
0: brian the I temperature drops it. below 63 out here people have a real problem yeah you see a lot of hoodies you see a lot of north faces uh you get into the 50s and the parkers come out so um so you're ready you're ready to jump on a plane buddy come All on right. out whenever you want absolutely um I have a lot of thoughts about Halloween, a lot of thoughts about candles, but we can save that uh, for a few minutes from now. Uh, I appreciate both of you having me on. This yeah. will be a, a a really fun conversation. If listening to your intro uh, is is any indication, I think we're going to have have a blast. Yes. Uh, I am from New Jersey. My name is Brian Penuso. Uh I grew up in Bergen County. Creskill, uh, New Jersey, is the last town that I lived in. I grew up in a town called Bergenfield. Both are five miles uh, outside of you know um, uptown Manhattan. I grew up ten miles from from Midtown, so you know right next to the George Washington Bridge. Uh, very much an alpha male, tough guy, Jersey guy. Uh, spent twenty years on Wall Street. I was a basketball player. I played uh, pretty competitive basketball for my high school and college uh, years, and then a little bit afterwards, and uh, ultimately. Transitioned to a, a long Wall Street career that lasted 20 years, that ended uh, a couple of years ago, and I can go a million different directions uh, from here. Yeah. Uh, I'm married with two kids, uh, have gone through a ton of uh, you know issues and transformations myself, uh, none of which are unique, all of which most men go through, uh, and that's kind of what I help a lot of people do right now. So I'm happy to take this conversation. Yeah. Anywhere you want to go, including Halloween candy, candles, or helping men.
1: We will we'll hit every single one of those topics. Well, I need to just say, have you ever heard of acorn squash?
0: I have. I'm a health coach, right. damn it. I mean, you know, this real food that, stuff. And I've it, even listened to you, bud. Like I listened to you with your diet and, and eating. you know, uh, one ingredient foods. And yeah. does it have a heartbeat? I mean, come on, man. You got to know about this stuff. <laughs> damn, All right. right. So I made
1: Anthony a bet. We were going to just randomly talk to
2: 40 different people. Um, and I said less than half would have heard of acorn squash. And I said, people are going to know what it, ac- cause I was eating acorn. I had, I had a nice ribeye steak. I had some acorn squash and he was like, what the fuck is acorn squash? Like <laughs> what, what even nobody knows what that is. I was like every, wow. and just cause his son who's 16 years old, didn't know what it was. All of a sudden everybody and their mother has no idea what acorn squash is. And I'm like, I think I- a more
0: interesting question would be, could you pick out the difference between a butternut and an acorn? I, I would fail. I mean, it's only two, so it's a 50, 50 shot, but I would most likely fail that it would be a guess but yes i have heard the term acorns possibly. they're
2: actually really different the 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 look of them the well look, like a butternut squash looks like a gigantic cock i mean pretty much like it, it <laughs> like i mean that's, that's what it, that'd be the biggest one i have
1: but like it has that kind of fat like it up like a it's got a ball shape and then a at the bottom and then
2: it comes out like I hate these (laughs) descriptions of a fucking. (laughs) Now I can't eat acorn squash for the next two months. So, So, right. So, how how many other squash are there? You said there are besides. I didn't. I see. I should have looked this up because I knew you were going to fucking bring it up today and I didn't do my research on it. I know there's more. I feel like there's plenty more because I was looking up like the the seasonal foods for the fall and I try and eat within like the seasons and I know that the squashes and stuff come out. Um, But I don't know. But all I know is that. So, uh, acorn squash looks like a softball. It's about okay. the size of a softball, maybe a little bit bigger than that. And it has different colors. It's like a greenish, like yellow or like orangey on the outside. So I, I would like to invite you to my, um, to my house next week. But the, the day
1: before I drive you to the airport, I'll, I'll make the meat and you bring the, the, you bring the squash. Right. Yeah, we'll do a little taste of squash. The squash. We'll do it virtually too, Brian. We'll, we'll see if we can we'll get done. I, I do. can't
0: wait. I can't. Wait. Bring your and own then the next time
1: you're back here in Jersey, we gotta, you know, we gotta do a taste squash test on date that too. And candles, squash, squash and candles. I'm gonna go back to the, um, <laughs> to your growing up in Bergen County. So, um, you know, being Jersey guys, and definitely there's a difference between North Jersey, Central Jersey, and South Jersey. So Fair. we grew up. I grew up on um Central Jersey, closer to Rutgers, uh, okay. Jersey short kind of area. So and then I went to school to college in South Jersey at Rowan it was a different state you know it was it seemed like it was Hmm. below the mason dixon line it just seemed like very very different (laughs) and so growing up from north jersey did you notice that did you notice that there was kind of like a different culture in different parts of the state
0: you know no i think would be the the short answer because you know my my south jersey experience was going to djs and belmar and point pleasant and and you know doing summers and playing summer league basketball you know down there and that was a bunch of guidos, which was basically what I knew of, yeah. you know, of, of North Jersey as well. And so, um, I mean, it wasn't necessarily my upbringing. You know, I went to an all boys Catholic high school. Like, we weren't walking around with like you know huge gold chains and our and our you know shirt buttons down. Uh, but that was certainly a uh, you know someone someone that I that we all admired from afar, and uh, definitely partook in a lot of those types of activities. Oh, so yeah. I didn't really notice a difference between you know North and South personally.
1: And it's funny like when you say Belmar that's that was kind of central
2: jersey and yeah, I would
0: consider And so like if you're from Bergen
1: County that's south jersey because that's that, 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 and that's and south. and that was
2: funny yeah. to me cuz yeah. I look at that yeah, and yeah. Like the more south you go and that's when it starts yeah. to get Yeah. It's into like, like a guy
0: it's like someone from the city saying they went to like Woodbury Commons and they went upstate. Yeah. Yeah yeah, right.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so George Washington Bridge you said you were right in the you know in the shot of the bridge or were you an upper or lower level guy for the bridge?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. Uh years and years and years lower. Yeah, me too. Always, lower. Yeah. why is Until, that? Do you I, you know, you, we t- like uh, were you an Eastern Spur, or well, well you probably didn't really do, do this as much, but up by me, the Turnpike splits Eastern and Western Spur uh, north of like the Meadowlands, yeah. and then like you know, just just south down to like the the I guess the Parkway exit, I guess. Um, and I was always a Western Spur guy, so I, you tell you like you tell yourself the story that it's a better way. You know, I had a I had a sneaky way up the Upper West Side from Midtown that I that I was for certain was way faster than sitting on the West Side Highway. And then when Waze comes about, you know, comes into uh, uh, existence, like it tells me to go to the West Side Highway every single time. You know, so like we tell ourselves a story that like it's a better way and and we convince ourselves. So I was a lower level guy for sure.
1: I was a lower level guy, too. And we would go to games at Yankee Stadium. We actually had um, season tickets at Yankee Stadium um, in the bleacher Section 39, which was that was just a scene going there. And what I would do is I would typically whatever it said, like if it said to take the upper level, I would go lower. Just because mm. everybody would see that, and those people would would do what I like they're it. saying, and I yeah. went the opposite way. But typically, I was going
0: lower level. It's a talk about telling yourself a story. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. It was a whole the whole psychology behind yeah. that. Um, I I struggled with when I was when I when I moved uh, from Edgewater. I lived in Edgewater for seven years, right on the river, and I moved up to the burbs to Cresskill, where I was was very convenient off of the Palisades Parkway, and the the easiest way to get to the to Palisades off of the gw breeze uh, is the upper level because there's a separate uh on-ramp right onto the palisades if you go lower level you got to go back streets in fort lee a little bit and i gotta i gotta be honest i had a real problem i had a real problem like you know taking the upper level every day like you know without like i'm like i gotta consider at least going the lower every once in a while now but
1: so, growing up in your high school, you mentioned you played um, played basketball. Talk to us a little bit about that experience. You know, you mentioned you were you know, North Jersey guy, that kind of like alpha male, tough guy kind of thing. What was your high school basketball experience like? Growing up in North Jersey,
0: it was awesome. You know, we were I went to Bergen Catholic, so all boys Catholic high school, very sports centric. You know, they're they're you know, even now they're they're amazing in yep. in football, basketball, a ton, ton of different sports. Um, I loved it. Quite frankly, I was a little nervous going into. Going into high school, going to a school without girls, you know, I I only went for the athletics. Bergen Catholic had an amazing athletic, uh, i was sorry, uh, academic education and experience, but you know, I only went because of sports. And uh, I thought I was going to be it was going to be super weird, it ended up being a, the, um, the most amazing experience of my life. Uh, I would say, you know, of my top fifteen to twenty friends, you know, ten are still high school guys. Wow! And so my wife, you know, oftentimes kind of makes fun of us. She wonders. If you know, she's like, I, I don't get it every time you guys hang out with each other. It's like the first time you've ever experienced alcohol. Like what <laughs> what happens to you when you get together with these guys? Um, and so, you know, the bonds that, that we created were, were pretty pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was a unique, you know, class that I had. I don't know if it was the fact that it was all boys and we got to be our, truly ourselves and didn't have to worry about impressing anybody we could look like to certain extent, Anthony, and show up to school every day, you know. Um we didn't we weren't allowed to wear, wear the winter hat, but you know, your hair could be messed up. You didn't have to press anybody. I got a I got a big red dot on my nose right now. No yeah. big deal going to Bergen Catholic, right? You don't have to worry about these things. So it relieved some pressure, relieved a lot of pressure. And then, um, you know, from an athletic experience, it was amazing because we were good. We were really good and we played great competition. um, And I got exposure to, uh, you know, a lot of places, people and and experiences that I I probably would not have if I went to Bergenfield High School, to be honest.
1: I'm really happy you brought up the pimple on your nose. You, you posted about it on Instagram, and I was like, I, I was like, I would be pretty funny if I just like mention it nonchalantly during the course of the interview. But I love that you, <laughs> you called it out there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, when, when it's this big, it, it, when it's this big, you got to say something about it because everyone's noticing it. So
1: I got to tell you, I have a blackout on my nose. It's been there for, I feel like, three years. It's <laughs> what I see a close up. You need up a team myself.
0: of scientists well, to God, try and figure out what the fuck's like going on there I feel like it goes
1: through to my spine. Like, yeah. I feel like if you were to really get it out, but every time I try to. <laughs> pop it like you squeeze a blackhead i get like a like a welt on my nose like it looks like yeah. i like got punched square in the face so now I'm just like, it's just gonna, I'm just going to have a black nose pretty soon. We'll I'm just, just going to totally
2: take over my whole it. face. Yeah, just no, it. let it be. Tell you to stop. I, like,
1: don't touch whatever. You like, you start
2: thinking about it. And no, you need I You do to agree. touch it. I know. Um, uh, but it, I always I'm going to ask you about... to stop touching
1: your penis during this episode because I see you doing it right now. You haven't, I do haven't that stopped on...
2: right now either. No, truth Brian be told, blush. you haven't been. I do it on every episode, first of all, so how dare you? <laughs> You don't get that much credit, Brian. Uh, No, but uh, I always wondered, speaking of touching yourself, I was thinking like, because in high school, I always wondered people go to all boys schools. Like for me, like 90% of school was trying to look a certain way in front of girls, trying to act a certain way, dress a certain way, hiding unintentional boners all day long. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally like that's where my focus went. In classroom, God forbid, if any girl was wearing like a low-cut shirt, my mission was to look at her the whole entire class. I didn't pay attention to shit ever. It mm-hmm. was literally like to the point of I don't, even, I don't think I learned anything right. in high school at all. So I, I feel like that probably was a benefit for you in the sense of like you're just hanging out with guys all the time and just like can actually probably get more done. Or maybe the other way around, I don't know, if you would end up like bullshitting a lot and like fucking around more.
0: There was a great balance of both. You know, we, we were we were certainly a, a tremendous uh, group of idiots. You know, for, for periods of time, um, you know, certainly missed being able to look down a low cut shirt as well. Uh, but you know, also the benefit was that we could not worry about anything. We could not worry about you know having to impress anyone uh you could rip one and not have to worry about sitting next to a good looking girl next to you (laughs) you know Uh, again like you really you 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 honestly could show up i mean i don't have a whole lot of hair and i didn't have a whole lot of hair in high school although i did try to grow it out a little bit and then part it down the middle it's another story i did the (laughs) Uh, same thing but but, uh but but you didn't have to worry about really what you look like and it, it freed you up you know, it gave yeah. you some freedom to be yourself, to focus on, you know, things that were important to you, whether it be academics, whether it be athletics, or whether it be building the relationships that, you know, we did. So,
1: I wrote down a tremendous group of idiots and quote unquote, I think that's a really cool, I, I love that. It yeah. might be part of the title of this episode. It's,
0: you know, sometimes the funniest comments are the truest ones and, you know, my friends would love, love, love you and love me. For, yeah, for
1: that, for, uh, saying for that, that comment. So, Take us to, as you're playing basketball, as, you know, I played basketball and baseball in high school. Anthony played football and baseball in high school. And you have certain coaches that can inspire you in, in specific ways or help you become better than you are. And you also have coaches. I had a specific coach who took every opportunity to cut me down. And I there was a lot of shame that I felt. or um, You know, there was like that emotion <clears throat> of shame whenever I was playing basketball. So do you remember a lesson from a coach or you know the way you you showed up for a coach that really helped you as you were making like your you know life moves especially that big life move that you made and we'll talk about it a little bit from from east coast to west coast
0: yeah it's a great it's a great question um bo- both my high school coaches i, I w- were extremely different and um uh, and I'm thinking about it you know taught very different lessons my my JV coach uh, was a was a a brother brother Thomas Jensen and brother Jensen was Um, the hardest, um, let me see the best way to describe brother Jay. He, he, he was the most committed, hardest working, um, most stern, most disciplined person I had, any of us had ever met. He, uh, suffered from kidney failure. He went for dialysis twice a day for hours. Uh, we never knew that he, you know, that he was doing this. Uh, he lived this way for really, really long time. He coached actually coach Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at power Memorial in the Bronx. Wow. And this was his last, his last job was at Bergen. So he's an older guy. And uh, back when Kareem was Lou Alcindor. And so he had this way of speaking to you, you know, there was no, there's not that many, co- not that many people watching a JV game. So his voice would just pierce the entire gym. And so when he, um, when, when you weren't doing something that was up to his standard, which was a very high standard, um, he let you know about it. And the entire gym knew about it, not because he was, you know yelling at you just because his he had one of those voice that just projected uh and just pierced the entire gym and so there were several occasions where i remember being in timeouts where brother jensen would choose to speak to the other four guys in the game uh and and effectively ignore me for that 30 or 60 seconds and then tell everyone why he was only speaking to them at the end because i wasn't upholding my end of the holding up my end of the bargain as a teammate um and you better believe, like, when you got back out onto the court the next time, like, you, you know, your effort improved. My varsity coach was very different. He was not um, a disciplinarian. You know, we sort of walked all over him, uh, honestly. Uh, he wasn't really even a great X's and O's guy. Uh, but what he was, was he was a father figure to all of us. And most of us had great fathers in our lives. But, you know, he, ins- he instilled this sense of camaraderie in the program that, that I've never seen in another program. To this day, in in, in you know twenty five you know plus years living beyond you know that time, and we're, we were truly a family. Uh, guys from decades would come back, you know, decades like the guys in the eight. I graduated in nineteen ninety five. Guys in the in the mid eighties, late eighties, early nineties. All every all these groups would come back. They would play open gym with us in the summer. Uh, They would play uh, during, we had a big Christmas time game ritual, Um, Christmas Eve, they would have a a light practice and then alumni would come back for an alumni game. There was a sense of camaraderie and family amongst the program that he fostered uh, that would not have been there without him. So, you know, really understanding that teams become this sense of family for you, the locker room. Burden Catholic was a massive locker room, you know? And I ultimately transitioned to another locker room which was working on a Wall Street trading desk for 20 years. And honestly, that's one thing, you know, not having competitive, competitive athletics anymore and not working in that environment anymore. I miss the most. I miss that the most. I miss the locker room. I miss being able to challenge somebody. I miss being able to get an instant feedback, you know, on a a trading desk or in the locker room. You get instant feedback if you're doing something that's not up to the standard of the of the team, the code of the team. um, I miss the ball busting, you know, all the things that come with that. And so those are those are the two kind of, uh, you know, experiences that I sort of take away from from both of the coaches that I had in high school.
1: And I think it's that sweet spot, being able to hold your team accountable and be that, you know, X's and O's disciplinarian guy who, you know, when you speak, everybody, there's a little bit of healthy fear along with it, um, but then also building community and being supportive. And I being able to have back-to-back years, those two men, was probably paramount and just you developing your own sense of what masculinity meant to you um, from an outsider.
0: For sure. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: So... Before we get into that whole, you know, career switch, um, scented pumpkin candles, yes or no?
0: I mean, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. It's a hard no. <laughs> it's a hard no. The only, you, the only thing, pumpkin. Uh, listen, you're, you you walk into a little bit of a hornet's nest here, so I'm gonna just. Ready uh, I'm ready for it. Bring I'll, I'll, it on. I'll give you a little bit. Yeah. I'll give you a little bit of a pass. No, uh, this uh, is um, what I, I want am. To. I am. If there is a Halloween <laughs> Scrooge, I I am him. Okay. I am it. All right. Um, I have two young kids. I have a 12 and a seven year old. We call it booing out here. It was called ghosting in New Jersey. So what happens is on like the last week of September, starting in the last week of September, your doorbell around 8.45, just when the kids are just about ready to fall asleep, right, the dog is in one of their beds. She's relaxed. She's passed out. Someone rings your doorbell, right, and then runs away and leaves a bag of candy. So your two kids wake up. The dog goes bananas, right? And then you spend the next half hour negotiating with your four, five, six, seven-year-old, how many Skittles she can have at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday night, okay? And that doesn't happen on Halloween Eve. That happens on September 30th. And it goes on, off and on, for the next 31 plus days, right? So I got a problem with Halloween. It's a one-day holiday. I'll give like the maybe the week leading up, maybe a couple of days afterwards to eat your candy, but then we gotta get it the hell out of here and we gotta move on. It does not need to start the first week of October i live in an, an amazing community called palos verdes california it's an unbelievable community on the on the southern section of la they do halloween like like off the charts here like decorations off the charts like christmas decorations in yep. jersey think that okay yeah so it's 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 on steroids out here so it's like a real test of my of, uh, you know uh the universe really is testing me because it knew already that i didn't really love halloween and so um <laughs> I, I I'm I'm am i I'm a bit of a Scrooge when it comes to it. The only thing I would say that's great about Halloween, you know, as as it pertains to pumpkins, I'm a huge fan of like give me some like banana pumpkin chocolate chip bread like that I that I can go with. That yeah. I can go with.
1: So the booing and ghosting thing, it's that started out in the, in the last couple of years. Like it wasn't something that we grew up yeah. with. That wasn't. Yes. Yeah. I, was so I, agree,
0: I, I never grew up with that.
1: I agree with. I think whoever did that, uh, they need to be arrested. He's a bad person. It's. Uh, yeah. it's I, it's like you, the idea around community, but you need to really fully think that through. It's that's a shit show. Yeah, I, it really um, is. At least
0: do it during the day. You know, I mean, just get a little get a little bit better at you know a little a little like ring the door, ring the doorbell, get out of there, or just or just hand it to them. Just yeah, them you know, nice
2: just get, door. What do you? What is this person hiding? from? And then everybody
1: starts posting about it on on social media. Oh, my ghost was so generous; they gave me this that and I don't know. I'd say we boycott it. I, and
2: have you had this happen to your family?
1: yeah but well and when we were in union street in bordentown there was that like there was some candy stuff and then there was also like an adult version where it was adult beverages i don't remember what time of year it happened if it was around halloween where it was like you know so if you're gonna knock on my doorbell and you leave me a six pack of something oh let's go like i like i would
0: i would say that would might change my opinion about it and if people start doing that then we'll see what happens but so, right now i'm not just sure. getting skittles for the kids so if
1: you're out in brian's community let's start that right now we'll and, and he will absolutely <laughs> pay it forward yeah. to so many people in the future so that yeah. i did walk into a hornet's nest not realizing um <laughs> did you did you know that he was an anti no not at all i uh, listen and I, mean, and you just pumping, went in, I went in full thing. force forward i but i'm just, so happy i, I
2: didn't even I know that he was up. into like pumpkin scented candles the and spice Halloween pumpkin and
0: can is the pipe the pumpkin spice candle is a very vulnerable thing for you to lead with, so that I appreciate Yes, Yeah, I yeah appreciate. it was. Yeah, and but,
1: again, I told you there's no script. I was I was sitting here with a, and I'm like, let me. Start so that's there. what that is. That's a pumpkin coffee. <laughs> it's black though. It's like
2: unfucking. No, you can't make up left. for it being.
1: No, it's just like I don't want it. it. <laughs> Are you fucking out of your mind. So is it? Is it? Just the pumpkin candles. So let me throw out another question though: Is it, or candles just candles? Yes, I love no? candles. So, like, what you just a, like? Would you ever sit there and do like a meditation and light a candle and just like, all right, let me get in the mood here? Like, take. I have a,
0: I have a strong opposition to pumpkin candles. I, I have an opposition to candles in general. In general, okay, it's um, just not as strong. It's not, It's not as strong. It's not as strong. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So part
1: of what you do is you help men reignite their marriage. Like, where do <laughs> candles play into that whole game, there, Brian? Like, how do you, what Listen, do you? If
0: your wife is into candles, then you're supposed to be lighting candles. Read the damn room. But it's not <laughs> a prerequisite to reigniting your marriage. Okay. Not at all. Not at all.
1: <laughs> all right. See, I'm gonna. You know, we're gonna agree hey. to disagree on the candle thing, and that's fine. I love that. So topic. I respect
0: that. Okay. <laughs> right. You're wrong, but I
2: respect <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we need more of this healthy, distant healthy. Uh, we do. We absolutely uh, do. Right. Um,
0: this is what our society is missing right it now. It
1: absolutely <laughs> is. People are too afraid to just come out with their true feelings about scented candles. And it's listen. I once I had the first one, I went out and I bought like seven more. I'm like I need seven to,
2: more candles. Candles.
1: Right. Not they're not all um, pumpkin. But they're like okay. fall flavors, and listen—that's that was never my thing. It's just this is a recent development within the last month or so. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna explore it a little bit deeper, just to see—is this a fad, or is this? Uh, have I just been ignoring this this side of myself for 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 many years? Um, <laughs> So for those of you listening, you yeah. can't see Brian is putting his, his like his hand in his forehead, saying like, yeah. what the and I'm fuck not hiding my zip. What, what the fuck yeah. did I agree to? It's
0: a complete shame. It's not out of hiding my zip. <laughs>
1: you're like I grew up in the same fucking state as these guys. Yeah. I couldn't wait Jesus to talk Christ. to some Jersey guys, and he's talking I about talk fucking hard ass Jersey right?
2: guys. And you start all your fucking scented <laughs> candles and listen.
1: All right, so now to get back to like, all right, over the George Washington Bridge. Now you're working in New York. You're working in Manhattan, and you were working. Um, is it on Wall Street where you were working?
0: No, I worked in Midtown my entire career. So Wall Wall Street in quotes. I was a high yield bond trader. Uh, I started at Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor in their training program. A couple years into that, moved uh, to UBS to work on a trading desk as an assistant, trading assistant to a business, uh, a fixed income uh, focused business. And I worked within our high yield department. Think junk bonds, think riskier companies that may not pay you back. Ultimately, they pay you a higher interest rate uh, for that risk. Uh, but that was you know what I did and i and I pretty much stayed within you know i i shifted slightly here and there uh within different sort of niches within that, but you know until I left uh that career two and a half years ago, that's the product that I traded and that's the uh that's the um the profession that i had
1: can you do you know what i wanna say right now do, <laughs> no all right so did you know Glenn Golia from uh, wedding <laughs> wedding singer? <laughs> He was, uh, did I know him
0: personally. You, no. Was that, was that oh, like, like agree, yeah. yeah, was yeah. that?
1: That's like, that was you. You were like Glenn Julia Guglia. Guglia, yeah. yeah. You named yeah. him <laughs>
0: Julia Gulia? That's that's funny. Why is it funny?
1: Uh huh. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, so we love to talk to people that have. They, they feel like they're they're on this track in life and they're doing, you know, whatever they thought they were supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden, whether it's they have this moment of clarity or they have an epiphany or they what, – for whatever reason, they have to shift their focus and they go in a totally different direction. Because there's so oh. many men out there especially that feel, all right, I've done this. I just have to keep doing it and just put in the next <clears throat> 10 years and maybe I'm miserable, but at least I'll get this specific pension. So you had to shift and you – or you decided to shift and change. What was it that – um, that was the the catalyst for you making that big life change and moving from doing what you're doing to what you're doing now.
0: Yeah, it was a series of events. It started with uh, about seven years ago or so, uh, a number of events happening kind of in about a six month period. My my mother was diagnosed with ALS, which is a ultimately a fatal neurological disease. She passed away uh, eight months or so after. Uh, she was diagnosed. She she had very obvious symptoms a year or two for a year or two before that that were a bit ignored. Things like that. <clears throat> um, my son, who is now twelve, he was five at the time. He was very into the Legos, uh, which I have a, a equally strong disdain for as I do spiced pumpkin candles. Um, he would just hand, you know, as any kid does. He would hand you the Lego for for forever and say, "Dad, put this together." And then finally, around five. You know, they come back 16 times every 40 seconds and ask you if the 700 piece set is done yet. Right. You, you finally, after two days, finish that, you know, that, that piece and then they break it in 14 seconds, you know, things like that. So uh, he finally was starting to do some of the, the uh, putting together on his own, but he would ask me for help. And one day he asked me for help and I realized I couldn't get down on the ground and, and play with him my body wouldn't allow me to my body was pretty broken down i suffered from a lot of joint pain knee pain i couldn't physically be on the ground with him and connect with him at a level that i really wanted to and for <clears throat> excuse me years i had told myself this story that i'm a big guy i'm six six uh, obviously i played basketball i had this commute in and out of the city every day about an hour each way in the car then we sat on the desk we didn't stand at all we didn't move we didn't exercise my My mirror for success was looking across the desk and seeing this um, guy making a couple million dollars a year who was 50 pounds overweight, who limped for his first 10 or 15 steps, who was either divorced or near divorced, you know, complaining about his body and how he felt. That was my image of success. And that's not an excuse. That's just what I, you know, that was how I was indoctrinated into sort of my corporate life. And so I sort of realized that I told myself these stories, you know, big guy, ex-basketball player, how many ex-athletes you see limping around. This was sort of my destiny. And finally, the one that really, the catalyst that really was, or the event that really was the catalyst for me was shortly after my mom passed away, uh, my wife came to me with an, with a, pretty much an ultimatum. You know, uh, we had two young kids. I had spent the eight months that my mom was, was sick the way I had spent the last 10 or 15 years of my life, um, you know. Effectively ignoring really hard things or sedating them away. So I was r- really good at, you know, drinking just enough for you to not know that I was drunk, uh, smoking just enough for you to not know I was high, taking whatever pills I could find. I often say I, c- I couldn't have a tough Tuesday at work without coming home and having two beers, a Percocet, you know, a gummy or whatever else I had. You know, whatever. I, I, but I was really good at, you know, keeping it in the lane, in in like in the, in, in my lane and, and not, you know, ending up in a ditch, not losing too much money, gambling that I had, my life. I was like able to move money around bank accounts enough. You know, I was sort of a professional at all this stuff and she sort of knew what was going on, but you know, things really started to come to a, to a, to a head for me, um, in the last month or two of my mom's life, because I was physically present. That was one thing I'm, I'm, it's my, it's still my superpower to this day, showing up. Like, I, you're not going to really show up more than I do. I show up every day and I, and I, and I work. Um, but mentally, I was completely checked out. You know, I was sedated. Uh, I did whatever I had to do not to deal with the pain that I was dealing with. I did this when my mom died. I did this when my best friend died, uh, you know, five or six years prior to that. And she said, this is not what I signed up for. You know, we have two young kids. We have a six-month-old and a five-year-old. I'm going to hang around for a while. But this isn't exactly what I want and so I just want to let you know that and that was the beginning for me to realize that this life that I had created that on the surface looked to be perfect right I checked all the boxes I had the big house I didn't there was no there was no picket fence but but proverbially we had the picket fence I had two kids a dog the country club membership a couple of cars we went on nice vacations I was by no means like uber wealthy but like I never and I don't say this to sound like a douchebag I didn't think about money like because I just went and made it you know we saved some we spent a lot I made it. We saved some. I spent a lot, and that was the pattern. That was the cycle that I was in for fifteen years to that point. And I just found myself. You know, I go back, going back to college. I I, I decided to be a, a business and economics major because the guys on my basketball team that were older were business and economics majors. I lived in New Jersey, right outside of New York City. Everyone went and got internships in the summer, so I got an internship. I made a decision about my life. When I was 17 years old, that I really didn't waver from (laughs) for another 23 years. You know, and and how many people really do that? You know, maybe they go into these little different, you know, niches of of a particular industry, but how many people make a decision about a major in college and then find themselves wake up in air quotes, right? At 40 years old in their mid-30s, in their early, mid-40s, whatever, and go, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And so the, the choice that I made when my wife uh, delivered this message to me was, well, shit, I got to, I got to make some changes because uh, I've paid a pretty massive cost and I never really considered it. And so, you know, my brain thinks a lot in economics and sports, you know, that's kind of what my two things I'm, I'm good at. And, you know, there's a concept in, in economics that there, there is no such thing as a free lunch, right? That was the first thing I was taught in economics one oh one in college. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch right now, the three of us, are taking time out of our day to talk to each other. We could be doing other things. there's the cost to this conversation. Now the benefit is going to be obviously there's been amazing benefits for just right. listening already. to you guys yeah. right yeah. but and hopefully other people when they listen, they'll be receiving a benefit, but they'll also be paying a cost because they won't be able to do something else. And it's I think it's that concept that we don't actually consider especially as men, especially as career driven, you know, people building a family and uh, being husbands and fathers and things like that. And I sort of woke up to that again, in air quotes, I woke up to it. And what I mean by woke up, this, this was accumulating just like debt accumulates, just like our savings accumulates. Another powerful phenomenon for me is compound interest. This stuff accumulated. Like my mom got sick and died. I had no control over that. You know, that was a short period of time, but I wasn't able to, or not able to get down the ground with my son because something happened to me a week before, that was how I treated my body for 15 years after college. You know, my wife didn't decide one day that because of my behavior last weekend, she was going to deliver this message to me. She probably sat on that for five years, you know? And so uh, I started to make a lot of changes. I changed with my health. I lost some weight. I got into shape. Uh, I started to open up my mind to, you know, different, Things. Uh, a lot of people that I found from a fitness standpoint were also into this weird thing called personal development for a guy from Jersey, a Wall Street guy, an athlete from Jersey. Um, I started to take home, I swapped vices, you know, I, I drank a little less, I did a little less drugs, I gambled a little less, and I started to listen to nutrition podcasts. I read a personal development book, I listened to, you know, somebody else. And so I slowly but steadily started to make some changes. Nothing was completely wholesaled. You know, turned on a dime 180. Uh, It was slow and steady behavior. And then I started to identify different things that ultimately ended up leading me to starting a side hustle, coaching people, um, moving across the country. It was a little bit mutually exclusive from my career change. Uh, But yeah, a couple of years ago, decided to. Hang up the Wall Street hat and uh, and and do this, give this coaching thing a shot. So that's the last twenty years of my life in a in, in a yeah. slight, not so brief nutshell. But uh, I'm happy to expand on any of it uh, that you want.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> one, I mean, I, I think that's tremendous. Going through that and having the courage. Think about how much courage it takes to to it's so totally scary to make a change up. like
2: that, especially when on paper you have everything together, you know, in everyone else's eyes your life is perfect <laughs> like, i'll tell you and i think one of the reasons sure. why you and i
1: connected immediately was you know we have that in common yeah. um, and, a, and you know there's there's so many um synonymous things that happened. I mean, mine was a little bit different. Um, I was going through a divorce at that time, you know, and it was, you know, an erosion. When you think about there's things that happen, that it's an event, that it's an earthquake and it shatters the ground, or there's something that happens slow over time. Um, and I think it was a little bit of both. But that being able to walk away from something, everyone t- told me I was crazy. You're going to leave a job making this amount of money, basically you have to coast out for another 10 years and you have a full pension with with benefits just hold on and for me i was like <clears throat> i can't hold on anymore you know and i and what am i holding on to because i don't believe yeah. in the the cliff that i'm holding on to i would rather fall down try to find the right spot to climb up and then go on that journey so wh- you mentioned there were a couple podcasts that you listened to nutrition podcasts were there was there one or two pieces of advice that you heard um from someone else or even that you read about that you can recall and say you know what this really this statement this book this podcast made such a huge difference to help me have the courage to take that leap
0: you know i, I, don't, I don't recall a particular statement there were you know one podcast i found uh, one guy i found was named sean stevenson um he's the host of the model health show
2: oh, i was just going to say um, the uh, um eat smarter i was going to ask you if you read that book because i was yeah, eat the, smarter and sleep
0: smarter yeah. so he wrote two really good books he wrote he wrote um uh, Anthony, he wrote, he wrote just as good a one on sleep. That was his first book. Yeah, um, and so both of those books are great. Just the way he approached uh, the approach to you know health and wellness. Obviously, as a basketball guy, I was into hip hop and like his movie references and his current event references were were really really powerful. Uh, so there was him, um, and then you know a couple years. So this is now three plus years ago. Uh, I, I I had made some health transformations. Right, I, I kind of fixed my body, but I was in a much better place my marriage was saved, but not like where I really wanted it to be. Um, I found this guy named Jay Ferugia, who's also a New Jersey guy. Uh, he had moved out to to California. He has, he's since moved back to, he's moved to Florida recently, but um, I started to listen to his podcast. I went to high school with a guy named Joe DeFranco, who's a big uh, fitness guy and, and Joe and uh, Jay are friends. And so I, I heard of Jay through Joe and uh, it's just like, it, I just connected with him like online, how you sort of like you hear a podcast, you listen to somebody, you're like, I kind of like this guy, you know, he was into the giants and the Yankees and I'm not diehard of either, but you know, root for both and into hip hop. And he was starting this men's group or, or restarting this men's group, a, a mastermind for the year, a coaching group. So we would get together four times live. We would have weekly coaching calls. We would do these different things together. And I, I, fe- I found myself called to it and I did what I do a lot of times um not so much anymore but what i really did i kicked tires i took my phone and i saw the post and i was like that sounds like a great idea and then i put it down and i forced myself in the moment to go grab my phone and like sign up for it schedule a call because i knew if i didn't the same thing would happen Uh, i would just move on to the next thing that, that looked interesting to me and getting in that group with like 12 or 15 guys whatever it was i was the unicorn i was the only wall street guy i was the only i was one of very few there were very few non-fitness guys in there, but I realized like I had just as much in common with these guys as, you know, if not more than the guys that I work with every day. And I realized that all these guys were having similar problems. You know, all of them felt, you know, unworthy. All of them felt like imposters in a lot of ways. All of them struggled with a lot of things, you know, at home when they were successful at work, they struggled at home. And I just started to realize like, guys have all the same problems we just convince ourselves that we're the only ones that are going through this stuff and because we're not willing to talk about it very much um we sort of develop like this island that we all think that we have to live on without you know the help this quiet desperation that we all live as men and and so that was like that was probably you know that year you know really the first six months of it where i was like wow this is this is my new tribe you know these type of people that are constantly driven to do more to find more and it's happening more, I'm noticing it now more like with my old colleagues because you know, I work with a lot of them now, um, you know, helping them where, you know, this has become more popular. But this was this was a very um, this, this was not a sexy thing to talk about, you know, in the culture that I worked in. You know, you improving yourself, you doing something different, you be you getting uncomfortable, you trying new things. Like again, I'm, I go back to that locker room statement. They were, you know, in on a trading floor. there are you know, your 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 arm arm length to arm length, basically, maybe less so. My arm length, less than my yeah. arm lengths, away from each each guy. Thirty guys people can hear your conversation at all times. You say anything remotely stupid. You got guys coming off the top rope, like, you know, look, looking to drop an elbow on you um, for, for saying something silly. And so you, you know, I learned very early that the best way, you know, that were the quickest way for me to succeed was to just put my head down, work, don't say anything stupid. Don't challenge the narrative around me. um, And certainly don't do things that other people aren't doing. Now I got comfortable doing that my last few years of my career. Uh, but it took me you know 18 years 17 years to do that so the long-winded answer to your question or to shorten it up is you know between sean steven and sean stevenson and jay frugier who now has, has become a very good friend of mine um those are probably the two guys that i i would i pinpoint but there was no like moment or you know event or saying or anything like that that i sort of you know learned to live by what i what i realized that i did to change my life was just take action one small action yep. after one small action and after one small action Repeatedly and it hasn't stopped and it won't stop until the day I die.
1: Is there a guy right now? You mentioned as you sat at the desk the guy who was across me that was making seven figures 50 pounds overweight that was you were like all right This is the guy that I'm gonna emulate because that's he's at the top of this profession the, the pinnacle of this profession Where I am right now is there where you are right now the space you currently occupy who's that guy? Who's a step ahead of you or two steps ahead of you like, you know what? I want to try to live in the way that this man is living
0: that's a great question. There's, there's a few guys I would say, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm interested in doing something a little bit different. You know, I think ultimately I want to take my two expertises, which is now, you know, health and wellness transformation being, you know, uh, the man that I think a lot of us really, truly want to be, the father that a lot of us truly want to be, the husband, uh, and also my experience sitting in a corporate culture environment and, and bringing those into, into a corporate wellness product, um, which is something that I will be doing soon. Uh, so I'm not sure of anybody in that space that's really doing this, which is why I think it's a great business opportunity yeah. for me. But in the individual, you know, kind of man space, Ryan Mickler, uh, Bedros Coulian, um, Garrett White, a couple of those guys are really, really great as far as like their messaging, um, their commitment. I'm I'm. what I'm, What I've become really interested in is, you know, do your actions align with your words? And that's something that I realized that for years and years and years, I broke promises to myself on a daily basis. I would say all the same shit that everybody else would say, you know, on Monday morning, right? This is a Monday. We'd wake up foggy from Sunday with all these bullshit commitments that we were going to make. I'm not going to drink this week. You know, I'm going to stop gambling. I'm not going to gamble until Saturday. You know, like all these things that we tell ourselves, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the gym three days this week. You know, all these things that by Wednesday are a distant, distant memory. And I just got tired of breaking that commitment that I would make to myself every Monday. Or that, the, you know, the, the the pep talk I would have myself. And I just, decide, like, your life changes um, exponentially when you start to take personal responsibility. And when you start to own the things that you've done in the past and the things that, more importantly to me, the things that you're doing today. Because it's the only way to really impact the future, right? Like, we all have regret. We all have our dark demons from our past. A lot of them we can't do much about. You know, <laughs> but what can you do? You can do something about it right now. It's very cliche. You can't control the future, right? The only way to really impact the future uh, is to do something about it today. So it's really it's super cliche, but um, it's really you know one thing that I try to you know live my life by now. Like what you know, am I all in on this conversation right now? You know, or am I thinking about the next thing I have to do after this? You know, or am am I am I am I where my feet are? Jesse Itzler. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He's the uh, he's married to Sarah, Sarah Blakely who's the, the CEO of Spanx, the founder of Spanks? He's a super successful guy in his own right. And that's a great saying that he has. Be where your feet are. You know, how often are we other places when our kids are talking to us? We're in our phones. We're thinking about the next email. Uh, when our wives are talking to us, you want to get laid more? Then, you know, uh, st- start paying attention when your wife talks. You know, so uh, little things like that are things that I focus on.
1: There were five different ways I want to go from that, com- that conversation. I'm first going to start with I was thinking it before you said it about being where your feet are. I didn't. I don't know that um, that saying or that book. But what I wanted to, to mention was, I feel like you're sitting across from me, talking to me right now. Like what you're saying, it really feels like I'm having an intimate conversation with you across the table. That's how it really it resonates to me, um, mm-hmm. or what's with me. The other thing, I the the way that you communicate with your significant other. You you recently had a post, or you put it up in your story about um you know when you're when you're significant other your wife your girlfriend whoever asks you you know where do you want to go for dinner and your response is i don't care i don't care i'll, I'll do whatever and i lived in that yeah. space for a long period of time where you you think you're saying it to just you know be like non-confrontational you're being nice and and yeah you're like you're like, being nice oh, but that's it's... bullshit yeah you know they're yeah. looking to you to give them opinion to validate their their um their question and, and basically what you're saying is i don't f- i don't i don't care i don't give a shit with what you're saying i'm gonna like Go, go the path of least resistance here. So talk to us a little bit about that. You mentioned you know you're, you help people that reignite their relationship, the spark in their marriage with their yeah. significant other. Um, what are things that like commonalities that you see with men that are really struggling in that area?
0: Yeah, so the, the main thing is what I struggled with too is we, we triple down on what's working in our life. Right, and what's working in our life after a fourteen and you know a half year marriage, oftentimes is not our marriage. You know, it's our career, and so a lot of us in our thirties and forties is when we are, you know, building wealth. We're building equity in our careers, and, you know, it's hard at home. It's, it's it's hard. It's hard to juggle. You know, like who in their right mind, you know, would sign up for this insanity of trying to build wealth, trying to be an amazing husband, trying to raise a family, and do all the other things that you know that come along with this. And so. Anyone who is trying to do this is constantly failing at it because it's near impossible to be perfect at all of it. And so the point is to not necessarily be perfect. The point is, is to understand and have some recognition when you're off the rails in one of the pillars of your life, right? So is, has your health come at the expense, you know, of your success at work? Has your marriage, the quality of a relationship come at the expense of, you know, uh, you know, your 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 obsession with fitness or you know or again your your work and so a lot of times what happens and what happened with me was you know my body was breaking down my marriage wasn't that great but work was good so i just put more focus into work because if i just work harder at work the rest of the stuff will probably you know figure itself out over time and so you know i like to talk to people about or we you know we make sure that we audit what's happening you know again another financial concept right companies do audits constantly You know, you're a member of a sales team, you have a weekly meeting. You know, I was was a part of a morning research meeting every day for 20 years. Companies report their earnings quarterly if they're a public company. Companies that I used to trade that were either in bankruptcy or they were in bankruptcy, you know, when you have a, you have to report monthly to your creditors. And so individuals don't do these things. We have no mechanism to slow down and take stock of what's happening in our life and no structure around that. And when we do that, oftentimes it shines a light on some pretty shitty areas that we want to avoid. And so when we get that feedback, the key is to go figure out what you can do. What small thing can you do? And so the example that I gave as far as like double or tripling down on a career, you know, I work with guys and I experience this too, where you might have two or three months in a row that you know are going to be really crazy with work. You know, I work with a CEO who's, Selling his business in a couple of months, he is out four nights a week. He has uh, lunches coming into the office, presentations, investors coming into the office. He's working on the weekends. He's there's no chance he's going to be a class A husband and father, right? For those two or three months, so he can't just go. Oh, I need work life balance, right? That doesn't work. Work life balance is a farce, you know, in terms of everything being equally balanced at all moments in time that most likely means that you're not working hard enough in at least one of those categories but what he could do what i could have done during those moments is after that audit realize shit you know this is going to take you know a lot of work at home once i'm done i'm really going to have to figure out ways to prioritize the relationships that i need to have that conversation with your wife tell her listen the next next three months are going to be really tough you know maybe book a a weekend getaway Uh, for three months and a week after you know and have a conversation an open conversation look like if you feel neglected during these times please talk to me I'm going to do my best to do these certain things I'm going to try to prioritize the family but the reality is I'm going to be a little bit more disconnected than I normally am with you and what we do is we just assume that they're supposed to know what's going through our mind and what we're struggling with and know that there's this a lot of pressure but our wives just think that you know we're working too hard and not paying attention to them. And so, you know, I think really understanding where you're at in your life and what's going on in these different pillars uh, is a huge part of making sure you're constantly communicating. And for guys who, you know, don't like the word communicate or connect with their wife, think sex, okay? If both of those things are, you know, at all-time high levels, so will your sex life. And so get over the fact that, you know, you need to connect more. You need to connect the deeper levels. You need to communicate more because that's how women get warmed up. Guys are physical touch guys. Guys are, or we could have a conversation. you know, my wife and I just uh, recorded a podcast yesterday. We're jokingly. It's like, you know, my wife's like, well, you could be talking about our taxes and then be ready. I'm like, or did we just talk about our taxes? Cause I'm ready. <laughs> I,
1: yeah. I got a chub right now. Just, yeah. 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 I don't know the first kind of thing you just said, time. but I'm ready. Yeah. 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 What
0: did you say? I, I only yeah. caught the second part. Yeah, yeah. you no, know, so like your pants you are There's a great book called the five love languages. Yeah. Um, if you guys are not familiar yeah, with that, yeah. you should check it out. Right. And so the, the point is, is that we feel um, we, we receive and give love in different ways. And most guys are all physical touch guys. There's five different physical touch quality time, acts of service um uh, gifts and words of affirmation you know baby you're the best right and so i've had guys whose wives are acts of service people and they've gotten laid twice as much by just doing the damn dishes or taking out the 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 garbage or taking their daughter to the dance uh, class that their wife usually does taking something off their plate my wife is a quality time person if i go in and just try to like get physical Like, she'll allow me because she knows that I'm a physical touch guy, but that doesn't warm her up. Like, me asking her to go for a walk for 10 minutes or go outside and pour a glass of wine and have a conversation, like, my chances of getting laid go up exponentially when I do things like that. And so, understanding how your wife wants to be loved, understanding how she communicates. If we don't do that, we're just talking different languages. We're talking, you know, you're talking English, she's talking Spanish.
1: I'll take it back to almost the you know you mentioned sports a couple different times. It the way that I would look at it would be your coach on the sidelines. If two of the you know two of the five that are going out in the starting five know what offense you're running, it's still not going to work because the other three don't know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) So as men, if we we might have it in our minds exactly what's happening, but if we're not able to clearly communicate the playbook and what we think it is to our significant other they're like what the fuck player are you running who's supposed to be screening here i'm supposed to do a pick and roll whatever it is you're not on the yeah. same page there
0: yeah there's a phrase i love uh, that i heard recently it's like if, if uh if if guys treated the end of their relationship or if we treated the end of a, of of a, of a relationship like the beginning there'd be no end you know like you just remember how and i this is hard shit like i've been married i've known my wife for 17 years like to pretend that we have the same spark you know that we did 17 years ago when we first met like in our you know in my late 20s like of course not but you know is there is it is it just different but equal in certain, certain ways absolutely but like do you go back to how how interested were you you know at that dinner how interested were you on the phone when you were talking you know obviously you weren't talking about kids because you didn't have any but but were you just t- are you are you just talking about the kids' schedule and and the chicken that you're eating at dinner? You know, like start to ask you know deeper questions that that in- involve like you know some thought, some excitement. You know, like if we were there's a, a, a question that I stole from somebody that I love. Like you know, if ten years from now when we're out on our patio, you know, toast like having a drink, like what are we to- what are we celebrating? You know it really puts a lot of thought in like my son's 12 12 right now Shit, he's 22 he's in college right or maybe just graduated college my daughter is 17 she maybe she's just going to college like that brings about a lot of emotions like and you really start to understand what's important to her you know and so it might come out that like she's super worried about like your your ability to send the kids to college you know because of that. like I, I don't know what's going to come out of it but but what i know for me. Has been like just this really thoughtful, deeper level of connection and conversation, where it turns you—you you guys turn into dating again, you know. And like, you—you ha- you have to date your wife. Like if you are not dating your wife, you know, you're living as roommates. You know, you're 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 living as co- co-parenters, tours, and like, yeah, maybe you're going to get late every once in a while. But I can tell you from experience, you know. And I still have a lot of work to do in this category, but um, quantity, quality. Exponentially rise, you know, when you do these types of things.
1: 100 percent agree with that, and I you mean, know, now from this conversation, I know that if I, you know, lean in and I say "tax taxes" in a really sexy way to you, and then- my chances of of you sitting in my lap is going to improve <laughs> exponentially as well.
0: You need you so, need a nicer set of ta- set, of, <laughs> set of, you know what for me to sit in the lap. But.
1: I, listen we, there are not many men that we have on this podcast that we can say hey what's up big guy to. I think it was just Greg Lewis right now who is the only one who was yeah. cuz we're both 6'4. Right. Yeah. So you like we can say what's up big guy. <laughs> like we can absolutely say <laughs> and that. And that, that sounds face. great after you
2: just told him to sit on your face so it really I like, never said uh, face. I never oh, yeah, said. Face. That. I'm not into listen, that. I'm just yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm in California boys. None of this so, no, is none of this is uncomfortable <laughs> to me, all right?
2: <laughs> so
1: Brian Panusa, where can the Building Men podcast listeners find you? How can we get in touch with you? Because I definitely want um, the audience to follow along with what you're doing. And then find out where you live and send scented candles your way.
0: There you, go. there you go. My address is now. Um, <clears throat> so I have a podcast, which I'm super excited to have you guys on. We're going to run it back, as we say, in hoops yeah. um, and, uh, and and do an interview with you. And that'll be out soon. So uh, that is called The Success Lift. That's the name of my program. It's a little bit of a play on some bond trading. We don't need to go into that. But you can find everything you need to uh, either at my podcast, which is The Success Lift Podcast, or the thesuccesslift.com. And I'm, uh, I'm I'm active on on the socials as my name Brian Penuzzo. Uh and you guys are you guys have been great, man. I really appreciate you know you taking the time to have me on. Uh, it's super exciting to get to talk to to other men who are you know out here trying to you know build. Uh, better men you know whether it be through it through your mission of 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 building you know maybe younger men and 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 spreading this message that you do um i've gotten super passionate about that with my kids uh and my son's sports teams i just had my son's baseball team over this weekend to uh to talk to them we started a little book club so um we need more people doing this stuff because ultimately you know there's this mushroom effect i feel like that you know when you change one man's life right You don't just change his it's his wife it's his family and it's all his friends and you can really watch this stuff spread and it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool
1: the other thing is you might change someone's life say something to someone now and not even recognize the impact it's going to have down the road like something might not resonate with them today but all of a sudden in six months from now they think of something talk to someone else and that can spur this you know ripple effect that could you know really change change the trajectory of the world in that direction
0: Um, 100 percent.
1: anthony any final thoughts
2: No, thank you, dude. Appreciate it. That was awesome. And it's definitely, I think we can both say confidently that you would be a role model for us, you know, a success story, someone to look up to because you're doing what we want to do. You know, we both sort of like gave up our career paths to do this and we're putting all the chips in. So it's nice to see somebody that's doing it and doing it well. So...
0: I appreciate that. Uh, I'm excited for you guys. I can't wait to follow along. Anthony, Dennis is ready for you, man. So just come on out whenever you're, whenever you're ready, yeah, absolutely. buddy. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll hang. And you just said
1: that- a, a LL Cool J. Are you doing it and doing it well? That's uh, right. You did. You absolutely did. Let's go. It's a, a '90s rap. We got to go back there. I mean, that like forget about putting the candle on. You uh, put that song on. That's. I mean, that's, that's Wait, a way way to bring it all that's back. A, full circle. That's right. Now I'm back. Uh, I'm back. I, I
0: almost I almost left the the, the Zoom recording uh, at yeah. the beginning, and that's now, what right I do. now I want to stay longer.
1: Yeah. I stay longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do here. So we'll have you on again, and we'll we'll shoot this shit when we get to that spring. F- the flavor, the spring candles, spring whatever candles. those might be, like yeah, little perfect. daffodil or lavender. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I'll end with that Building Men podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram, building.men, um, buildingmencoach at gmail.com. Go a step further than you thought you'd go, and we'll see you next time on Building Men. <laughs>